Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You have to make God number one. See, the greatest barrier to me following Jesus Christ is me. The world says we're to love ourselves, pamper ourselves, indulge ourselves, make sure we're numero uno. But Jesus says just the opposite. It's not about you. You make God number one. Then he says, you have to take up your cross. Now, the disciples knew what crosses were because Romans were crucifying people everywhere, way before Jesus. You have to choose God's will over our will. One of the most difficult things about being a Christian is doing what Jesus told his disciples about, anyone who wanted to follow him. Deny yourself. We all want to do what we want to do and when we want to do it. This is why so many people refuse to become Christ followers. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the difficulties we have giving up our will to God's will. We will learn more about what the true cost of becoming an intern of Jesus really is and what it will take for us to give up and obey God. We will also learn about the blessings that God will bestow on us as we live sacrificially for Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues with his message, Disciples, Interns in Training. started building on it and about after about five or six months we had to go buy the next 10 because the church went crazy but we just followed God and we were stewards and by the way I went back to him and he sold us the next 10 later for the same price he sold us the first 10 that was a miracle from God and the biggest miracle was this I got the privilege to go to the hospital I didn't know the man very well to the hospital somebody called me to go and I led him to Christ before he died. Do you understand? Do you understand? That's not about me. That's about God. Where God guides, he provides. About seven or eight years ago, we started the first video campus in Vieira. There was one other video campus in all of Florida. People thought we were total idiots. Now we have over 2,000 people there. We have a campus in Sebastian, about 300 wonderful people there. And there's over 2,500 video campuses all over the world. See, you can't listen to man. Impossible, impossible, won't work, ain't going to happen, ain't going to do. Man, oh man, just listen to God. Let me encourage you this morning. Where he guides you, he'll provide. HD, it's coming. He's going to provide it because of you. Now, as you go through this, by the way, it's good for you to wake up your neighbor this morning and just say this to them with a smile, nice and loud. Possible. Go ahead and say it to him right now. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. What'd you learn in the sermon? Possible. Yeah. 
Put that baby on Facebook. All right, here we go. Then Jesus, really for the very first time, explains his mission just to his disciples, why he came. Look at verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private, he usually prayed in private, and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? In other words, you're around the town, guys. What are the people saying? Who who do they think this is that's out and people's lives are being changed and raised from the dead and all? What, What are they saying? And they replied, well, some of these Jewish people say John the Baptist. You've heard that before. Others say Elijah from the Old Testament. Others tell others that one of the prophets from long ago has come back to life. So what they were saying is Jesus was the talk of the town, but the people didn't know who he really was. They didn't realize he was the Messiah. Verse 20 is one of the most important questions you'll ever answer. Jesus turned to his disciples and he said this, but what about you? I don't really care what people say. You're my interns. You're my disciples. And the you is plural. What are you disciples? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, God's Messiah. You're the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of God, the living God. You are God. It's important you see this question because this is how you get to heaven if you answer it correctly and follow him. Notice one of life's greatest questions. Who do you believe Jesus is? Outside this building, if you mention Jesus, who is Jesus? Oh, he's a great teacher. I think that's a guy the Bible's about, right? He's a nice prophet. Even the Muslims say Jesus was a nice prophet. He's under Muhammad, but he's definitely not God. No, he's God. He's the Messiah. He's the only way to heaven. You and I will not get there on our own. No church will get you there. Jesus will get you there. You say, well, I don't believe it. It doesn't matter what you believe. It's the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. After that, you know, he says to the guys, way to go. But they don't really understand what the Messiah is. Look at me. Most Jewish people from the Old Testament, the Messiah was prophesied. They knew the Messiah was coming. But they thought it was a political situation. He would establish Israel as Israel. No Roman government. No somebody else coming in and taking them over. And they would be God-fearing. The temple would be there. It would be great. The Messiah would come. And everything would be at peace. By the way, that's still what the Jewish people are looking for today. But Jesus then says, because he knows they're thinking wrongly. Look what he says in verse 21. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this truth to anyone. Jesus says, keep this truth quiet for now, because the religious leaders, the Jewish people, even you, you don't understand what you just said to me. I didn't come to overthrow Rome or to set up an earthly kingdom or to rule all of Israel with power and authority. My kingdom is not of this world, but you do not understand it. And then he shares What's going to happen to him? 
which the disciples couldn't believe. Look at verse 22. And he said, the son of man, me, Jesus, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, the whole religious thing. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Isn't this interesting? Jesus knew exactly what his mission was. He knew every part of it. He lived with that on that earth for 33 years. By the way, this prophecy that he would be the Messiah came before the foundation of the world. It's because God loved us. He knew we would never, ever, ever make it without a Savior to take care of our sins. Well, the disciples really never understood this themselves. When did the disciples finally get their shoes? Why does he say to be quiet? Because they didn't get it. When did they finally discover that Jesus was a Messiah and his kingdom wasn't of this earth? When did they finally discover? The day that Jesus walked through the door of the disciples who were in the upper room afraid. Remember Mary and the other ladies at the tomb? When it was empty, they came running. He's alive! And they said, what's wrong with you, woman? You're crazy. He's dead. The first time they understood he was a Messiah when he walked through the room. People today are still confused. They don't understand all these theories. But today, he is at the right hand of the Father. And he's interceding for you. And he's interceding for me. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when the disciples hear he's going to be beaten, crucified, killed, they're kind of thinking to themselves, is this really what I want to do? Do I, do I really want to be an intern of Jesus? It's a good question. Watch what happens. Verse 23. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciples, hello, boys, must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. If you want to be my disciples, if you're in for the long term, here's what you got to do. And he gives them three things. Look at them. I have them for you. Number one, he says, you have to deny yourself. You have to make God number one. See, the greatest barrier to me following Jesus Christ is me. The world says we're to love ourselves, pamper ourselves, indulge ourselves, make sure we're numero uno. But Jesus says just the opposite. It's not about you. You make God number one. Then he says, you have to take up your cross. Now, the disciples knew what crosses were because Romans were crucifying people everywhere, way before Jesus. You have to choose God's will over our will. Let me show you what that looks like. God has a will for us in every single area of our life, who we marry, where we go, what we do, what I'm teaching today, all those kind of things. Just normal stuff. It's not weird. It's just it's the will of God. He doesn't have the will of God for you going to the restaurant today. Should I order beef or chicken? Get what you want. Get a veggie. What, who cares? That's not that kind of courage stuff. But he does have a will for us in lots of areas of life. And here's my will. And what is my cross? This is God's will. What's Jesus saying? That will wins. By the way, I've tried this. How'd that work out for you? It didn't work out very good for me. 
Some of you are here today, you've never turned your life over to Christ because you don't want somebody leading your life. My friend, you're a failure. And of all people, you know it. You can't ever find success in life without God. Impossible. It's the time to turn your life over. So he says, you're going to have to deny self. It's not about you. Quit thinking it's about you. Number two, you're going to have to do my will, not your will. And number three, you're going to have to follow. You're just simply going to have to follow me every single day. My goal is to make you, this is what, this is what I was doing in that pharmacy. I had many, many interns when I was director of pharmacy at Wistoff. For 25 years. I had many, many, many interns. What was my goal as a leader of all those interns? To make them like me. Not smart. Many of them were way smarter than I was. But to show them how to handle doctors, how to handle nurses, what to do with patients, how to handle medicines, how to order. all, all the, I was reproducing myself in what? Them. What was the disciples? He was reproducing himself in them. Why are you here this morning? You have a coat on. Jesus is in the process of reproducing himself in you and me to think like him, to minister like him, and to have the character of Jesus. By the way, can I remind you? That's lifelong, <laughs> as you well know. So as he's doing this, here's the next thing you want to write. This is huge for us. As you look at the next thing, he's going to say this to us. Let's go to the next slide, guys, if you will. He's going to basically say, your agenda is gone. So it's his agenda. It's his mission. It's his plans. They become ours. So how are you doing with that today? How are you doing with that today? The mission is his. It's not ours. His agenda, his plans become ours. I'm sure at that point, when they hear all this, The disciples are saying to themselves an important question. Look at me. Is it really worth it? To deny myself, take up my cross and follow you? Is it really worth it? Look what's going to happen to you. And a lot of people today ask the question, is it really worth it to follow Jesus? Well, Jesus answers them. Here's your answer. It's my answer. Look at verse 24. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, not for religion, will save it. You see, our natural tendency is to save our lives. We're selfish by nature, all of us. Nobody here wants to deny themselves. I want to do what I want to do. I certainly don't want discomfort. But Jesus says, I don't think like the world thinks. And those of you that like they do on Facebook and Twitter and whatever, you can put this one in there. What's Jesus saying here in this verse? Simple. Losers are keepers. You lose your life for me, you keep it. You, you lay your life down for my will, you got it, baby. That's the way life is. See, I can try... Watch me. I can try to keep my life and do my own thing. And when I get to the end of my life, I discover I never experienced life. And that's a miserable thing. I've seen many people 
dealt with them on deathbeds. If only. Their whole life around them. And they get to the end and they go, I'm leaving everything I work for. It's behind. I'll never see it again. And I never experience freedom and peace and purpose and life. That's what Jesus is saying. If you lay your life down for me, you'll gain it. There's purpose. There's meaning. There's fulfillment. It's what you were designed to do. It's in your DNA from God. So think about this. If I do that, what was Jesus really saying to this question? Is it worth it? I want you to write this. This is so true. Here's a lesson learned. It will cost us to follow Jesus. Pastor Mark, why, why would you say that in a church setting? Just hide that, would you? No, why would I hide it? Jesus didn't hide it. That's not a negative. If you're a prosperity person that everything's perfect in life and you're going to be rich and you'll never be sick a day in your life, you won't understand this. But I'm afraid that the philosophy you have did not come from Jesus. It will cost us. But finish the statement. It will cost you more not to follow Jesus. You see, if you lose your life for him, you find it. That's where purpose is. And it's not weird. It doesn't mean we're all going to die. It doesn't mean we're all going to be in a cross. I don't know what it means for you. I don't even know what it means for me. As this world gets a little crazier, I'm not sure what it means for me. As a pastor, who knows? Easy to say now, more difficult than we did last week. Remember the kids? Are you a Christian? Please stand. Was it worth it? Yeah. It was worth it. Because where are they today? Where we're all going. In heaven. They got there earlier. Sometimes I'm jealous. How about you? Understand. I can't afford to waste my life by trying to save them. If I'm here... And I'm thinking about all of this in my life. And I'm trying to hoard my life this morning. You think you could hoard your life for yourself? It will never work. Be a giver. God loves people that give. Don't be a taker. Lay down your life for God. Now, one of the things that makes life exciting is this. Usually God asks us to follow him without giving the details. You don't know where you're going tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Everything changed. Report from the doctor, everything changed instantly. We don't know. But when I'm following Jesus, I've learned lots of lessons. He's trying to build me to do what? Just have faith in him. Because his way is best. He's my shepherd. He knows your path. Be glad he doesn't share all of it up front with you. I'm so glad he didn't share a lot with me. Because I wouldn't be able to handle it. Impossible, impossible, impossible. If you'd have told me 30 years ago I'd be here with all these people teaching in front of you, I'd have said, you're out of your cotton-picking mind. Did you take one of my drugs that I had in the pharmacy or what? (laughs) When we came to Florida in 1969, my wife and I, We'd been serving in my dad's church. We'd been married a couple of years. 
And when we came, it was our desire to be here. And I immediately got involved with the church, just teaching and, and uh, working at the pharmacy. God, miracles, I can't go into it today. And all we said to God back then was this. God, whatever you want us to do, we're here for you. I'll never regret making this statement. I've been far from perfect. I've gone my own way numbers of times. That's why I challenge you. It don't work. Don't do it. We all do it anyway, but he's gracious, isn't he? Don't lose your life for you. Lay it down for God. One day I had to do this. Pharmacy's over. I loved my pharmacy. But he gave me something else to do. It's you. And it's my privilege to teach you. Because it's his word. And the last thing I want you to write... The last thing I want you to write this morning is this. Look at it. Following Jesus is the most exciting lifestyle. And let's say it all together. Following Jesus daily is the most exciting lifestyle in all the world. Some of you have never discovered that. Today's your day. Let me show you what it looks like. My favorite picture. Brett updated it for me. It's my favorite picture. Watch it. It's coming. Are you in the picture? There's there's no such thing of a Christian going and just sitting. You're either going forward or you're going backward. Jesus said, follow me. Are you? If you're not this morning, you need to come at the end of the service. Look at me. I'll be right down front. You say, Pastor Mark, I've gotten away. I used to follow Jesus, but I've kind of, remember that cross thing you talked about? Mm, I've been doing that. I need to come back to Christ. You just come and see me here. I want you to introduce yourself. Some of you have never followed Christ. You've been doing your whole life on your own. You need to come to salvation this morning. I'm serious. Don't wait one more second. Choose today who you're going to follow. Quit following yourself. The exciting life is found following Jesus Christ. I want everybody to stand. You have your coat on. By the way, you're not, that coat doesn't, is not left here in the sanctuary. You're an intern all week. How many know that? Come on now. It's exciting. He's going to teach you some lessons. It's great. He's the master teacher. He's also our role model. Oh, to be like him. Oh, to be like him. That's where life is lived. Well, now that we have found out that our greatest hindrance to following Jesus is us, we have to decide what we're going to do. Pastor Mark reminded us that this earth is not our final resting place. We will have to give an accounting of what we did with our lives. The challenge for us is to give in to God and let Him lead and direct our lives, trusting that He knows what's best for us in this life as well as in the next. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching what being an intern of Jesus looks like. He will be telling us about the obstacles that we've been promised that we'll face. We'll hear about an instance where Jesus revealed his divine nature to some of the disciples and what their reaction was. We'll also learn through the scriptures a little more of what we can expect in heaven. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving